Can you hear the Holy Spirit this morning? Can you hear him? And this is what he's saying this morning. He's saying, look at him. Look at Jesus Christ. Look at him. Just as he is. Look at him. This morning, let's come together. Let's look at him. Let's look at his magnificence. Let's look at his calling. Let's look at his sending. Let's look at the Father's mission in him. Let's look at God among us. Let's look at him. Let's look at his truth. Let's look at his, his, his reality and healing. Let's look, at, let's look at him. The Holy Spirit is saying to us this morning, He's saying, I will glorify Him. I will honor Him. I will say nothing on my own accord. But I will be allowed to take from what is His. And man, I'm going to deliver it to you. Can you hear the Holy Spirit this morning? Can you hear Him? He's calling. He's calling. He's, he's, he's glorifying. He's bringing to clarity exactly who Jesus is. And He's saying, will you receive this today? Because it's faith that calls to you. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will move because He's so faithful to us. And man, He is what? He's over the waters right now. He's over the waters of this city. He's over the waters of your life. He's over the waters of all that's happening in this world. And He's over the waters. And what He brings to the table, what He says to us today, is come and let's Let's have my faithfulness encounter your faith. Receive me. Receive me this morning. Receive me. Receive me for all that I am. You don't need a bar of words to explain me to you because your hearts are so hungry. Man, would you receive me today? Would you allow me? Would you allow me to take you where your salvation will take you? Where this encounter with Christ, this faith in the Lord Jesus Christ allows me to come to you. It allows me to enter in. It allows me to fill you. Never grow weary of asking for the filling. Never grow weary. And so, Father, we come before you this morning. Man, we humble our hearts. We take every challenge and every circumstance. We take everything that we've stumbled in and messed up with and, 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 and whatever it's been, Lord. Our fears, our anxieties. We take it all. And we will not exalt these above you today. We will not give our mind to these today. We will not have faith in fear today. Because, Father, what we're going to do is we're going to set all that aside. All that disappointment. All the things that are happening, man, that, that, that scare us, that, that wants to pull us apart from other people. Father, we come to you today. We honor you. We thank you, Lord, for your, for your giving, Lord, and your presence. Your presence is the answer. And so, Father, as we lean into the Word of God, let's lean into it. And today, let the, 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 the notes we make be on the tablets of our heart. Let that which, Father, that strikes us be that which we amen. And, Father, we and take it into our heart. And, Father, we just believe you for these things. Because, Father, we're going to know you today. We're going to know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh. Yeah, old Rick on the clicker. Well, good morning. How are we doing? We're doing all right? How many people do you represent in your world, how many people do you uh, 
pass by all the time. How many people are in your family or your neighborhood? So uh, I, I'm preaching today to you and, and to that which uh, is uh, the realm of your um, influence in this world. Because today we're talking about, we're looking at this place in Ephesians 5, uh, 4.25 where it's talking about this, this today our, our scripture is, man, this, this verse 30. Which, uh, oops, I need, to, I need to be more good with my clicker. I'm going to get it. You guys are going to say someday, you need to know how to use the clicker. Man, talk to Rick. It's going to happen. Verse 30 is our, is our key today. It said, man, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. By whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. And this scripture is in this um, context of what he's talking about in terms of how we can grieve him. But I want you to take a look today. Because there was nobody in the room that hasn't experienced grieving. I seem to have a, a particular propensity for it because I can't stand when relationships fall apart. Man, I can't stand it. it and man, it pitches me into this. Man, it's a deep thing. It's a groaning. It's something that I can't get at with words. Man, it is so heartfelt. But it's nothing compared to what the Holy Spirit goes through. Because grieving can only occur when there's love between people. That's the only place grieving can happen. Anger can happen easy. I can be angry with a stranger. I can, the person that pulls in front of me on the highway or the, the guy that doesn't use these turn signals, oh, it's easy. It's easy to make some comment about uh, their intelligence. But grieving, man, is different. Man, I want us to, I want us to, I want us to do something today. Today, uh, it says it's time, man, to know the Holy Spirit. And my saying that doesn't mean you don't. It just means all the things that your hands touch in terms of human beings throughout your day or your week, man, that is the realm of your ministry. That's the place where God's put you. And we get used to the challenges and we get used to maybe the resistance. Or, man, we just get so caught up in us and what's next and what's happening and the money we have or don't have. We get caught up and we find ourselves not lashing out at people. We find ourselves ignoring them. We find ourselves with no room for them in our lives. And we've been through enough hurt. How many of you in here want to get hurt again? Raise your hand. Say, man, I'm super sensitive. I am. I really am. But I, what I used to count is like almost like a liability. Man, why does that affect me so so much? I I, I sense people around me in the grocery store that I'm in the way or they're looking, reaching for the beans or man, I sense them. It's it's just a weird thing. And in so many ways, man, we just don't want to get hurt again. But you know, as I've gotten older, right? but more the revelation, I've 
I've become where I, I embrace it, which is kind of crazy. I embrace it. I don't embrace it like I tolerate it. I embrace what it leads me to in terms of intercession. Because there's sometimes you can't talk it through. It brings me to, man, those moments, man, I'll, I'll be enjoying something else, but it's not enough. To overcome, man, pay attention to this. Don't look at it through the eyes of hopelessness. I met a young guy in, in, um, in uh, Belfast when I was there uh, over a year ago with when Bill, and uh, about two years now almost. And this man was sat next to me in just a little Sunday night service, and um, we, we chatted a little bit, prayed for him. His name's Adrian. And uh, man, he's got a beautiful wife I met the next day. But man, their, their marriage is a struggle. And it's such a struggle that there's so much division and there's so much hurt and there's so much, and they have a baby in the midst of this. But babies don't cure a problem. And so he has to live in England to make enough money to, to pay for all this stuff. And there's, there's this desire that, they, I mean, there, is this, there's, there are pieces of this where, man, he, they, she doesn't want him around. And, man, he doesn't know what to say when he is around. And so every once in a while, man, we chat on the phone, man, send him scripture. But here's my counsel to this guy. He has, he has people telling him, man, this marriage is done. Christian people say, man, let it go. Man, this is way beyond repair. He's got people telling him, listen, uh, you don't have to get married again. You have a child to raise. Man, just, just, this is too painful. And every time I talk to him, I'm saying, be faithful in an unfaithful world. That's where the Holy Spirit is. We've all had moments where there's this opportunity for divorce for good reasons. I'm not talking about a husband and wife necessarily. Julie's never, here's an old joke, Julie's never contemplated divorce, but homicide many times, okay? But what would bring us as believers to the point of divorce? It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't just be the circumstances, would it? Because today, we're going to learn not about the Holy Spirit. We're going to learn the Holy Spirit from this scripture. We're going to learn him. We're going to encounter him. Because he's here. He's here not only in this environment, moving over the waters, but, man, he's in your heart. And he's saying, man... Come on, come with me. This piece where the, the scripture is hitting, he's talking back in, in the first part of the scripture. He's saying, man, laying aside falsehood, speak the truth. Each of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So there's no member of my body that I speak truth to, supply blood to, nerves, all that is necessary for life. And I'm also contemplating cutting that part off. He said, man, don't give opportunity to the devil. He said, man, don't leave the garage door open at night. He says, he who steals must steal no longer. And Johnny did a tremendous job of, of preaching about how we steal, and yet none of us would say we're stealing, but how we steal and what we 
think and what we do around people, but also what we keep back from them. But he says then, but he must labor with his own hands. Amen. He must do good, have something to share. Talks about no unwholesome word proceeding from our mouth. And we talked about this. That man, what's what's in your heart? Is what you're going to say? What you what you ruminate on? If you ruminate on YouTube, you're going to what? That's what you're going to talk about. But he says this, man, don't grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. We're not going to get to verse 21, or I'm sorry, verse 31 today. We're not going to get there. Because there's a necessity of our encounter with the Holy Spirit. Today we have to learn the Holy Spirit from this verse about grieving him. He's saying to us in this process, he's saying, you know what? It's not a lot of words that's going to help us today. It's, it's, it's being able to receive. Can you receive? Or is the noise of your life locking the door? What's not happening, what could happen, the hurt and pain. This word grieving, man, it's a, it's a beautiful Greek word. It comes from this lupe, okay? It sounds like it's more from the Mexican restaurant, okay? It's, it's lupe. It says, it denotes a pain or a grief that can only be experienced between two people who deeply love each other. Grief is something that you, you can't be grieved and, uh, in regard to a stranger. You can be grieved that they ran out of tickets, all right, or that somehow that they, they don't have what, what you're going to the hardware store for. You can say, ah, oh, man, now i got to drive clear across town. But there's no love attachment between you and that salesperson. His grief and his pain and grief is because of our unfaithfulness. See, he's faithful. That's his character as a person. When we deliberately do what is wrong, when we try to drag him right into the mire of our own sin because he lives and goes wherever we go, to a point. The Holy Spirit convicted us of sin, brought us to Jesus, he indwelt us, he sanctified us, he empowers us, uh, and faithfully he remains alongside of us. He's called the paraclete, the one who stands with us to help us. He's a helper. So when we deliberately enter into sin, it grieves him. Now the sin he's talking about right now is a sin of selfishness, self-preservation and self-interest. That's what he's talking about because it leads us to what? Produce the very things up here on the screen that we've just talked about. There's nobody that I know of, maybe some, that go around, man, I can't wait to say an unwholesome thing. I can't wait, man, to, to deceive my neighbor. You can't wait. I can't wait to mess up. Nobody's saying that. But we begin to what? We begin to, we begin to compromise. We begin to say the truth is the truth, but the truth doesn't seem to work right now. I don't have time to get on my knees about it. I don't have time to discern it. I don't have to have time to get in the Word or worship. And so I'm just going to react to whatever it is like I feel.
It's that deliberateness. It's that letting things slide. It's that fire closet that everybody has at our house. You got a fire closet? All right, neighbors or somebody's coming over, you don't, you don't have time to pick it up or put it away or wash it. You go to that closet, you open the door, and you fire it in. Man, you shut the door for, before the avalanche happens, all right? We have, a, we have a fire closet in our life. I'm not coming at you today. We have to learn today the person of the Holy Spirit from looking at grieving him. But just as a husband or wife would feel who just discovered that his spouse or her spouse has committed adultery, the Holy Spirit is shocked when we dishonor his presence in our lives, when we disallow him glorifying Jesus Christ. Man, he's shocked. Because there's something that's happened that's broken our fellowship. This mean, that means that I acknowledge him, but I refuse to know him. I can study about him, but I refuse to let him affect me in the circle that I live. I refuse. Not because I'm digging my heels in, but I'm distracted and I'm preoccupied. This is A.W. Tozer. He says, The Christian who gazes too long on the carnal pleasures of this world cannot escape a certain feeling of sympathy with them. And that feeling will inevitably lead to a behavior that is worldly. To expose our hearts to the truth and consistently refuse or neglect to obey the impulses it arouses is to stymie the motions of life within us. And if persisted, to grieve the Holy Spirit into silence. Man, we stymie. I stymie. I stiff arm the motions of life within us. I refuse to change the world because I'm preoccupied by what won't change in me. Listen, Saul, King Saul back in 1 Samuel, very anointed guy. When he was anointed by Samuel, what an amazing testimony of his life. Huge, unbelievably big. And yet he comes to this place where God asks him a second time in 1 Samuel, uh, there we go. I may throw this in the window. <laughs> it doesn't matter what I do. I don't see 1 Samuel. There he is. 1 Samuel. Samuel was asked to obey the Lord. Because obedience in a relationship with God demonstrates what? We're scared of him? I do fear him. It demonstrates that I love him. I may have no experience with obeying him like, like Saul did. He had, no, he had no experience of being this forthright in the destruction of what God said need to be destroyed. He had no experience with it. Maybe he was mad about it other times, saying, man, I would have wiped him out, but now it comes down to it. And the people are, around him are so desperate for the goods, for the cargo, for the, for the aftermath of this battle, that they, man, all they're thinking about is, listen, man, we are going to be enriched by simply destroying. And God says, I don't want, touch you, I don't want you touching any of it. And Saul's stuck. 
He's stuck between what? What the people want and what God has said. So what's he do? He blends them. And as Samuel came to him and said, well, what have you done? He says, I've fulfilled what God's asked. He said, man, how in disobedience are you fulfilling it? And he keeps arguing. But in this 10th verse of 15th chapter, he says, then the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I regret that I made Saul king. Come. See, we think that's an Old Testament statement of God. Man, the last thing I want to hear is Lord, the Lord Jesus say, Rick, I regret giving you what I gave you. Because he's been working on me, working on me, tenderizing me, bringing me, helping me. And I stiffen my neck and I say, no, I will what? Make it a hybrid and it's equal to being obedient. I regret it. For he has turned back from following me and has not carried out my commands. And Samuel was distressed and cried out to the Lord all night. Samuel, man, is mourning. He doesn't talk about Saul's mourning. Don't you know Samuel's mourning? He can't get through to this king. And he knows the king's desire and the king's will. And he's stuck. I can't get through to Saul. What do I do? Have you had that? I can't get through anymore. That part of my body is working at amputation. And my body is reacting to it. Struggling with it. Pained over it. Verse 14 says, Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Man, I'll tell you what. We tell everybody, man, God will never leave me or forsake me. But I can live like he has. I can. That we have kind of a mishmash of Christianity because we've lost the Holy Spirit and his work to what? Glorify Christ. Glorify the person of Christ. Bring us to this place where what? What comes out of us is life. It's not, we're not going around knocking on doors saying, hey, we got, we got a responsibility to fulfill. No, it's a joy. Listen, the joy of a parent is giving your son or your daughter at the dinner table, what? The last hamburger. Isn't that the joy? I can do it. I can give it. I can be joyous about it. And listen, for some, of, for some of us, you know, it's not like I'm going to miss anything by this little kid eating the hamburger, not me. He's saying to us, man, take a look at the Holy Spirit. Let's do this for a moment. From God's side of what he's doing. The Holy Spirit represents all the effect and fruitable outcome of the purpose of God that he's working in his son. We'll read that one more time. The Holy Spirit represents all the effect and fruitable outcome of the purpose of God created and fulfilled in Christ. That's what he's about. He's bringing about what? All the evidence, all the change, all the transformation, all the effect here and then because he's a guarantee of what's to come. Will you soften your heart today? Will you allow him 
to be to you what he's not been before. Not emotionally. A hundred years ago, I was sitting in uh, uh, Alaska. Julie was visiting. She was my girlfriend at the time. She's still my girlfriend, just so you know. But we were at this house, this pastor. I've only met him one other time. And a friend of mine that had hitchhiked from uh, Florida to come see us got saved. And we're at this house. And man, this guy, Phil Pearson, who I knew from high school, he didn't say five words the entire time I knew him. Man, he was speaking to me. I have no idea what he was saying. I don't know. I don't have any idea. But man, what I saw coming out of this guy was joy. Man, joy. And man, it impacted me. Julie and I got in the car to drive back to uh, Cooper Landing. And Julie, we were talking about it this morning. She goes, you just couldn't stop talking. <laughs> Imagine that. Because, man, I wanted to shout. I wanted to stand up in the car. And I wanted to say, thank you, God. I wasn't caught up in the joy of somebody else. I was caught up in the joy. It had translated to my heart. And what was there is, man, I had nothing between what God said and, 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 and myself. There was, I wouldn't have said it, but there was faith. And this faith was what? Man, I, I, I Julius would have said to me, do you have faith? Man, I don't know. I have what I have. I had, man, this happiness, this thrill, this awe of what God had done in his son. I, I, I didn't know much about worship, all right? So I, I just talked. Man, we got to this roadside outhouse place. Man, I went on my side. Julie went on her side. Man, I shut that door, man, from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. A river going through me. I didn't know anything, really, about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know Paul from Moses. It's not words, folks. It's faith. It's reciprocating faith. As God gives, do we receive? Or because it comes in a package we weren't looking for, do we wait until he gives it the way we want? What's happening to the circle of your influence? God's not asking you to be the dynamo there. He will be the dynamo in you there. And you can't help from expressing it. Genesis 1. Oops. See if I can find this one, eh? Oh, whoa, that was super good. This is Genesis, the first chapter, the second verse. It says, the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Man, I took a look at this word, moving over. Your Bible may say hover. But what's the characteristic of his hovering? It's in the Hebrew word. I can't pronounce it because it's way back in your throat. But man, this word, it means this. The word moving or hovering is to be affected with a feeling, a sense of tender love to cherish. The Holy Spirit was there at creation 
as part of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. But man, he was waiting to wrap his arms around what God was doing. He came with this purpose. He came with this cherish. He came like, it's the same word is used in Deuteronomy 32.11. I won't look it up, it's short. Uh, in fact, it's not up there. It says, like an eagle that stirs up its nest that hovers over its young. It's the same word. It's like when the prophet began to speak in Jeremiah 23, when the other prophets and the priests had gone off the rails, man, it says that his heart was and he began to tremble. It's the same word. It's this what? It's this marvelous personality of the Holy Spirit. He's not weak or emotionally bent. He's there with a purpose, but he comes with exactness. I'll try not to comment every time I use this. <laughs> you may comment. There you go. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, who's speaking? The one that's going to be glorified by him is speaking about him. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will what? Guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he'll speak. And he'll disclose to you what, what is to come. He will glorify me. He, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to who? Pastor Joey, to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he takes of mine, and man, he's going to disclose it to you. Is this the quality of our relationship with the Holy Spirit? Is this disclosing? Is this guiding? Is this speaking? Is this glorifying happening in you? It's not about how bad you feel. Can we move away from us for a second and look at how he is. Look at who he is. Receive who he is. Can we move? Can we take that step? Can we let go of the evidence of why we should be cut off and step into what? The testimony that was brooding over the waters. The cherishing of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> there we go. Luke 4, 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned to the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. How are you going through your wilderness? Are we being led about? He says he's going to take of what's Jesus and he's going to disclose it to you. Well, here's what it looks like when he's in you. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness and for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Temptation is not a sin. But the overcoming of temptation is like, it's like the merit badge. It brings confidence to everything we do. That we can't say no, perhaps in our flesh, but in our spirit, we can say no! I'm not going there. And stop wrestling and move on. In verse 14 it says, And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through all the surrounding district. Is your district hearing about Jesus from you? And me. Not because we ought to. Giving is joy-filled. It's fun to give. I ran into this homeless girl in Trinidad. She was standing by the stop sign with the sign, uh, I need a job. 
I just drove by her. Man, I didn't get very far on the Lord said, man, she means it. So I drove back. So I rolled down my window. Guess how much money I had with me? One peso, one dollar is all I had. And so I, I put that crumpled dollar out the window. She was very grateful. But I said, That's, I don't want to pray. I want to pray. Do you mean you want a job? She said, man, tears in her eyes. I need a job. So she put her little arm on the, the door, and man, we prayed. Get back from what I'm doing, and the Lord is saying, man, go find her. So she was at the same stop sign. So may you have lunch? No. We walked over to a lunch place. She said this. Now her, her, her opinion is tainted by her own stuff, but she says, nobody actually talks to me. They react to me. She goes, man, never in my life did I think I'd be out begging. Never in my life did I think I'd be in a town that I don't even have any heart for or desire for. I'm just stuck here. So, man, what's, what's the feeding? Talked to pastors in that area, called them. Said, man, can you find this girl a job? They connected with this girl. This is not a Rick is cool story. Man, I haven't got any of those. Because I'm not the answer. Are you the answer? I'm not. But I know who is. It spread about him. He began teaching in their synagogues. And, man, he was praised by all. There's a time, folks, in walking in the Spirit among people will applaud us. And there's going to come a time in the middle of it where they're going to resist us. Both are okay. It's not one's not better than the other. Now, nobody wants to walk into a melee, okay? But it's how we go through it that matters. Romans 8. Whoa, getting good. But he says, if by the Spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, this is uh, 13b of the 8th chapter, you'll live. For all who are being led of the Spirit of God, they're sons of God. We're identifiable. I don't have to call Julie during the day and say, man, we still married? Hey, do you still like me? Is your wedding ring sitting on the counter? Or have you thrown it in the, in the river? Don't have to do that. There's a there's a there's a an assurance there. Got to see some of my uh, sons and uh, grand and uh, uh, daughter-in-law and uh, grandkids yesterday. From there. see, we don't have any problem connecting with each other because our connection, man, we can't separate from that. For if you have not received, for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. But you've received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. If you go to Israel today, you see little kids running around, and their dad shows up, you know what they call him? Abba, Daddy. Man, is that our connection? I'm not talking about what we're missing. I'm saying we would just receive him as, as, as being genuine. As being here, receive him as he is. The Spirit himself, in verse 16 of that Romans 8, testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. How many times has he said that? And of children, then what? Heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. 
Is this the bank vault that you and I operate out of? If indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Then I stop trying to not suffer. If I'm suffering for something I did, that's one thing. But man, much of my suffering is because relationships get broken for dumb reasons. Whether it's on my side or their side. That we may also what be glorified with him. The Holy Spirit operates, folks. If you want to approach him, it must be by faith. If you receive him, it must be by faith. Because his faithfulness will not carry, our unfaithfulness will not carry his faithfulness through that. He will not what? Honor unfaithfulness because he loves us. He won't. But you know when he steps back? is man, when we don't know what to do. When we're angry first, where the unwholesome comes out of our mouth, or malice and slander become okay to us. It was okay, folks, for the Jews to murder Jesus in their minds. It was okay. They lived, taught, were immersed in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. But they were so troubled by what Jesus was doing. Man, it was okay. Paul, a learned dude. Man, he held the clothes of those who were what? Throwing rocks at Stephen until he was dead. Man, you got, something got to be wrong with you to do that. The world of faithfulness. Sorry, guys. I should have practiced, shouldn't I? That'll work. I'm going to go to a verse in Luke, first of all. Luke eleven thirteen. 13. It says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will you, your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit? If you ask. In your spirit, are you asking? Are you asking? Well, yeah, back in 1974, I received the Holy Spirit. Listen, but has he filled you today? The testimony in the book of Acts says, man, he fills and continues to fill and will refill. <laughs> you know, Remember the pop shop years ago? You'd take those bottles home, you'd drink the pop, and you got to go back and they'd refill them. Let him refill us. Some of us have acknowledged him, but have never what? Been fully whelmed, been fully filled by him. We know of others who have, and we honor that, and we know we're in the word, and we know we're believing him, but there's always this piece like, man, that's never occurred to me. And I'm not talking about a sensational thing. I'm talking about, man, I know for sure. It says in Acts 2, 1 and 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were together in one place. This is the, the, the disciples that were asked to wait until power came from on high. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Sometimes in this receiving, we're not sitting there asking. But our heart is so open in the outhouse that he just fills us. He just brings this. 
Because we want, but we want in a way where it's faith. Where we've let go of what others may say. Well, we receive in our own heart this person. And man, we get to know him. In Acts 10, 42. All right, we're already there. It says in, in, verse four, uh, in Acts 10, 42. And he ordered us to preach. This is, this is after the, the, the man at the gate was healed. They were called before the court. Now they're back before the court. And they're in big hot water because they're preaching in this name and we told you not to. And he's, the, the writer here, look, he's saying he ordered us to preach to the people. And solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed of God as judge of the living and the dead. This is not even that story. This is Cornelius. This is a Gentile centurion. And man, Peter's preaching. He ordered us to preach to the people. Man, not even 24 hours before this, Peter was thinking, man, I will, man I, he wasn't even thinking about going to the Gentiles. All of a sudden, man, his, his realm expands. And we were what? Solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and dead. He's kind of like in the middle of his sermon. Of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on those who were listening to the message. I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that. I'm not looking for you to stick to the ceiling. If you want to, go ahead. We're so used to what we do. We're so used to how we do it. We're so used to being independent. We're so used to being able to judge things. We're so used to it. And God is saying today, by this message, not Rick's message, that by grieving him, we can know him. By, by addressing this, we can know him. We can move forward in what he's asking us to do. We can change the circle that we're a part of. In Acts 4.27 is the scripture where they were called before the court. I'm just going to read the last part. It says, when they had prayed, this is after they'd gone in and were so thrilled that they were, they were counted as having been with Jesus, so thrilled that they were, what, beat up for him. It says that they were praying. It says, and now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence. While you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with what? With boldness. And it says what? And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart. This is something the body experiences in oneness. This is what happens when we've been what? Brought into this relationship and been given what? This help as the Holy Spirit what? Brings to us this testimony of Christ and glorifies him and magnifies him. He's not looking for us to applaud him. But he's saying, man, listen, I'm with you to deliver this to my Father. 
Then there's God's side. We just talked about it. Then there's what? Our side of the relationship. And it says receive him. And man, today, will we repent of a mixed life? Will, will, will Rick Richter be culpable for this, this part in Ephesians where it talks about laying aside falsehood? Oh man, don't be angry or giving opportunity or stealing or what? Bitterness and wrath, speaking an unwholesome word. Man, will we do this today? What will it take to convince us? I'm not asking you to be normal Christians. I'm asking you to be supernatural believers. That's what he's created. He's, he's created supernatural believers. Man, there's humility in this because we know we didn't do it. But man, are you going to step across that threshold? Not, I'm not trying to sell you on something. I'm saying look at the car and if you're all about the cup holders, then buy the car. But he's been knocking at the door. Your heart and my heart. He has. And man, we're sick of losing ground. Man, we're sick of losing relationships. Man, we're sick of it. But my sickness, man, is not going to turn into bitterness. Not in me. But it turns into an intercession. It turns into that moment I have with a human being where it's more about them than it's about me. And will we do this? Will we do this? Or will we wait? Will we wait till we feel like it? Will we wait and hear him say, Rick, man, you did a lot of, lot of cool things, man. You sacrificed a lot, but man, I don't know you. That seems harsh, doesn't it? But he's saying, if I've done all this so that you can know me, and you've known me by some other path, you don't know me. He's a seal for us, folks. He's a seal. He's saying, you can have the characteristics of sonship now, because there's going to come a time when you're going to have the full characteristics of your child-likeness, child characteristic with God. You get it now, and you get the fullness of it then. What will we spend our lives to and for? Man, what will we do? What will we spend our lives for? Some of us don't know how to feel if we were filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, you need to know. Some of us Man, have this old story about being filled with the Holy Spirit. But listen to me. Man, go blow the dust off that. <laughs> go knock the dust off of that one. Because in this room is prophecy. In this room is hospitality. In this room is healing. In this room is what? Changing a city. And there's 11 of us in here. I'm not saying big is better. I'm just saying healthy things grow. That's all I'm saying. We wanted to shellac our kids when they were like three. They're so cute. 
Just stay that size. Now, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. It's time to let go of everything that entangles us. And let's start afresh. If you were filled with the Holy Spirit, man, be filled fresh. If you've never been full of the Holy Spirit, get it today. All he's asking you is to what? Just ask. Some of you don't even have to ask. Faith has been stirred in you. And man, you sense him right in your heart right now. So Father, we bless you for your presence. And we thank you that your presence here is the answer. We thank you that, Father, what you've done in these people, man, I applaud it. I'm excited by it. And, Father, I just know that that work you're doing in us is not a partial work. I just know that, Lord, that there's, there are people in here, man, that, that want to walk with you like they never have before. That, the Father, they're not struggling with just grieving you. Man, they want to know you. So, Father, we just thank you, Father, for taking good care of us today. We just thank you, Lord, that we can, we can come before you. We don't need anything special today. Let him get you in the pew you're in. But think about the circle of all the people you impact. Man, how you do care for them. How you do love them. And for those that's happening and it's kind of easy, man, all, amen. And for those, man, fight for it. Listen. Be faithful in the sea of unfaithfulness. Father, we just thank you for this offering that we're taking today. Let us give today out of a, a joyful heart. Let us allow you to, to meet us today, Lord. We just thank you that, Father, we can be generous, Lord. Man, if we don't have any money, hey, the, the, the apostle said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have, man, I'm going to give it. It may be your time. It may be what? Your talent, your giftedness. But give it. And so, Father, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If anybody has something they believe God wants them to, to share um, uh, for us, man, please come on up. I'll be, I'll be somewhere. And, uh, and just talk to me for a minute before you do. And, uh, man, find that place. Ask God how he wants you to respond. You can't respond like somebody in front of you and back of you. Man, how he wants you to respond. Maybe you can just respond like Abraham did and said, what? Hey, stars in heaven, kids for eons, nation. All he, man, we don't know what he said. He just said, okay. He believed God. Believe God. If you want to come up front, you're certainly welcome to. But today, if you come up front, man, we're going to pray for you because you're looking for something. But don't let up front be better than where you're at. We're going to worship a little bit. Let's respond to him.